On today's show, I am joined by Chuck and Brad from the Chuck and Brad podcast, and they're going to be discussing their live comedy show, a retelling of Jurassic Park, on Thursday, June 21st at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, Rhode Island. So join us, will you, on episode two of Geek Speak with Chuck and Brad. By the power of Grayskull. And welcome to episode two of Geek Speak. I am your host, Jay Free, and my two guests today have a show coming up that they want to tell you about, but I'll let them bring all that to the table. So, gentlemen, please introduce yourselves. I am uh, Chuck Staten from the Chuck and Brad podcast. My name is Brad Rohr. I am also from the Chuck and Brad podcast. The Chuck and Brad podcast? That's right. I know it sounds unimaginative in terms of a name. But we used to have the name Agreeing to Disagree, the Chuck and Brad podcast, because we're different people. But then no one ever said it. Everyone always said Chuck and Brad, Chuck and Brad, the Chuck and Brad podcast, Chuck and Brad's podcast. So we're like, let's just call it the Chuck and Brad podcast is what yeah. people call it. And usually within podcasts, they have you, they have the guests plug the stuff at the end. I'm going to have you guys plug yeah. up front and then on the back end. You got to do like seven plugs nowadays. Yeah, you got to right. do one up front, one at the end, five in the middle, one halfway between. Yeah, keep going. We'll take <laughs> yeah, a break. Yeah, yeah. We'll do some stuff. It'll yeah, yeah. So the, what we're plugging is uh, Thurs- Brad and I. Yeah, sorry. Oh, Thursday, June twenty first. Uh, let's not start there. Come on, what yeah. are we doing here? Well, I'm going to say it again. Thursday, June twenty first. Keep Okay, seven times. So Brad and I, uh, Brad and I, uh, we're podcasters, but we're also comedians. We do live stand up uh, comedy, as opposed to what pre taped stand up comedy. No, I don't know why as, you're YouTube, YouTube as opposed comedy, to, I guess. to live stand up pathos. Yes, no, we do stand up comedy, but we also have done uh, like live podcast episodes in the past. And uh, in the past year or so, we've kind of bridged our live podcast with our stand-up. And so now we just do these live shows that are just live comedy shows with, like, prepared bits. And so what we're doing is on Thursday, June 21st oh, all right. at the Comedy Connection in East Providence, we're going to do a live reimagining of the classic film Jurassic Park. It's the day before uh, Jurassic World 2 comes out, which is why we're doing it on that day. Um, but we're going to headline the Comedy Connection. I mean, we're going to open the show, do a little stuff up front, bring on some of our favorite stand-up comedians. we got Andrew Williams, Penny Oswin, Rob Green, and Ray Harrington, yep. also known as the Living Fish Filet. He loves and he that will have he will have new Living Fish Filet jerseys at the show, yes. $180 each. Yes. Good luck, Ray, man. I told you it wasn't a great investment. But uh, also they, copyright they, infringement. Yeah. Let's just say that. Are they basketball jerseys? Are they baseball jerseys? He has are they a fl- jersey for every sport. Wow. He's, and he only, he only had enough money to afford one. So if you need a triple XL, <laughs> yep. baseball, hockey, badminton, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray Harrington. Yeah, all those people are opening. And then we're closing the show. We're headlining with our retelling of Jurassic Park live on stage. So so let's, let's kind of set the stage without giving yep. anything away because we want people to come to yep. the show. But... Let's let's talk about so this this retelling. Right. 
Like, what what does it entail? Just give us like a, a synopsis. Like, the it's setup. curious, right? It's yeah. cur- here's my question to you, as as the as the outsider who doesn't know. Yes. If you saw live reimagining of Jurassic Park, are you like intrigued? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, now I'm curious. Like, is it going to be like oh, the gonna... idea of how Jurassic Park first was created, or is it going to be like, hey, this is when the movie starts? We're going to just retell it from our perspective. Well, basically, this is the deal. So a long time ago, Brad was uh, graced by God, maybe cursed by Satan, with uh, the inability to draw well. I really I'm, he draws really poorly. I, that's you know? true. And. Uh, I fell in love with those drawings. I realized that there was nothing else. It's like if you, if you took everything you love, and you're just like, you love food for this reason. You love sex for this reason. You love this for this reason. All these different things. So, so many different loves. Brad's drawings was a new love, which I never felt that way about anything else. Yeah, he stopped loving sex because of yeah, that. Yeah, he stopped. They gave up sex <laughs> for Brad's just, drawings. He just took the drawings? Yeah, yeah. instead. And... Uh, I was like, these drawings are so, they're so hilariously bad. Have you seen the movie The Room with Tommy Wiseau? I have not. But. Okay, well, the idea of that, the the appeal of that is the same as the appeal of yeah, Brad's my, drawings. My drawings are a midnight movie. Yeah, Tommy Wiseau to P- Pablo, no, to uh, to Steven Spielberg is Brad to Pablo Picasso. <laughs> it's Brad to, like, a moderately talented fourth grader. Yeah, so he draws these terrible things. So what we do for our live uh, retellings or reimaginings, whatever you want to call them, because we did The Avengers as well, and we did How the Grinch Stole Christmas, um, Brad draws every scene of the movie and then I take his terrible drawings and me being Brad's possibly more obscene friend I write a whole new narration possibly <laughs> a whole new narration for the movie based on his drawings and what they look like to me and then Brad has to read that narration live on stage that's that's amazing right that sounds it? fantastic oh it's it, and it's funny too because you know we did it this started a, as a private thing that we did it at like christmas like we have these yeah. big christmases with like 12 people and a couple of years ago for my girlfriend her favorite movie is the lion king and so i was like oh what if you'd redrew the lion king and i wrote a narration that you read for the first time at christmas and we did it very fun but it's all you know it's between our friends so obviously there's inside jokes and stuff we did it again the following year with toy story yep. and we did it privately with how the grinch stole christmas and we headlined the Comedy Connection for a Christmas show in December. And I was like, maybe we should do our Grinch retelling live. And Brad, you were kind of against it. I was because I'm embarrassed about my drawings. Like, was it because of that or were you not sure that it I, would I was? Well? I wasn't sure it would translate to, yeah, we, to a non-friend audience. Yeah, we didn't know. I mean, there, and obviously in that one especially, there's not really any inside jokes or anything. It's just you really have to win someone over to... I guess really get behind the idea of feeling sympathetic for Brad, but also willing to laugh at the drawings and stuff like that. Yeah. And we didn't know if it would work, but we ended up doing it at the live show and taking the risk to see if it would work. And it brought the house down. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah, the Grinch one brought the house down. And, and it was timely again. It was a Christmas show. Right. You know, exactly. So, and yeah. it, just, it just, like Kismet, everything kind of lined up. And, exactly, exactly. And perfect. And now you, you mentioned the Avengers. Uh, we just did the Avengers right, when, uh, right before Avengers Infinity War came out. Yep. We did that at the Comedy Connection headlined. And we also went to Big Apple Comic Con in New York, and we got booked to perform it twice there. I think that went really well too. And um, I think it makes sense for any any big franchise with like a classic story. Um, I think it makes sense to do this kind of thing. If you if you're talking about something like not that we're going to do Toy Story, maybe we could do Toy Story. We probably. But could. when Toy Story four comes out, why not go do Toy Story at the Comedy Connection and, and have us do be it? Amazing. You know, and I think I think that it's such a cool thing because. It's hard to stand out as comedians, and it's hard to get people out to shows, especially if they don't know you yet. So the idea of saying, well, let's take a hook uh, into current pop culture, stuff that's already being promoted, and say, hey, this is your way to get to get 
locked into this and to get into this further, but with local artists and their take on it in a fun way. And I think that it really makes a lot of sense. Avengers went really well. I'm hoping Jurassic Park uh, has, a, has a really good attendance as well on uh, June 21st, Thursday at Comedy nice. Connection. Um, and uh, it's a really, really fun thing. I think, I think people can definitely walk in without having any idea about who we are. And and be like doubled over laughing. And I'll, I'll, as weird as it sounds, I think people could have not seen Jurassic Park, see our retelling of it, and not feel lost. Oh because, yeah, yeah, because so much of the joy comes from the fact that dinosaurs are really hard to draw. You guys, <laughs> yeah, 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 they certainly are. That's gonna be the, that's gonna kind of be the quote of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Dinosaurs are really hard to draw. That should be that, a tagline. That, that's on that's on the poster with <laughs> yes. Brad giving yeah. the shrug, and yeah. it says that below. I love that. That's great. <laughs> No, and I think conceptually, I mean, like the the idea of that, it's it's different from a lot of you know you you talk about comedy like yeah. when people like the, the you know the lay person thinks of comedy they think of you know like a Jerry Seinfeld standing up there just talking talking about you. You guys bring a visual element into right. it, and you get to see your comedy stylings as well, which I think is is a really cool concept. Yeah. So again, Thursday, June twenty first. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's yeah, I'm, I'm going to plug it too. I know, yeah. I know yeah. you, you got that in my brain. Yes. Uh, let's just but before we continue on, I want to hear about your backstories, how you guys met. Like, yeah. Just your, your different interests and and kind of the, the whole turn to comedy. Why why you think comedy is such a uh, an outlet for both of you? Um, let's let's kind of just take a step back real quick. And where can the, the listeners of this or the, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, it's pre-recorded. But thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, where can they get tickets? I mean, if you go to chuckandbradpodcast.com, all the event info is there. Hopefully, the ticket link will be up by the time this uh, comes out. It definitely has the Facebook page, the Facebook event page. Uh, the Comedy Connection is kind of in, you know in charge of their ticket link on their website, which is is it ricomedyconnection.com? I think so. And uh, you know if the tickets aren't available, it it won't sell out. So if you want to show up the night of June twenty first, you can buy tickets there. But definitely buy, buy presale tickets because we do get the texts leading up to the show that are like, hey, you only sold this many presale tickets. Hey, and everything has worked out so well. It worked out well so far. This is our fourth time headlining at the Comedy Connection. Yeah, all the shows have gone well. But yeah, chuckandbradpodcast.com is where to find out all the show info. It's right in the main page. I made a flyer that I'm very proud of. It looks um, great. Yeah, thank you very much. It's based on the old VHS version of yep. Jurassic yep. Park. Yeah, I'm happy with it. And, um, and before we before we go on, I want to say that for, for the Chuck and, uh, Chuck and Brad podcast, that link will be on. If you're watching this on nice. Facebook Live, the link will be there to their Perfect. page. So you can link back right to there. And if you're watching this on YouTube, check the description. The link will be in there as well. So I just Perfect. want to put that thank out you. there. Perfect. Absolutely. That's great. So my, to, yeah, my comedy journey. Yeah, well, you know, you, I usually tell the story. So why don't you tell the story? Oh, right. so we're gonna see it from the other perspective. Yeah, well, I, well, you know, it, it, it's weird because we had different backgrounds before we met. Um, when I, boy, this is go, going going way back. Yeah, when I went into fourth grade, uh, I went from like you know my normal school to the gifted and talented program that was at another school, and so I went from being like the one smart guy. And I had to kind of establish a new identity. So I'm like, oh, I want to be the funny one. I want to be just like Fozzie Bear. Hey, you, you told me that before. Great yes. aspiration. Yes. Yep. And, uh, and so that kind of became my identity. And then I realized I was like, I wasn't smarter than the people in my class. I was better at school than a lot of the other people in that gifted class, which is, is not the same thing. Uh, and for a long time, I assumed it was. And I, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's not uh, say bad things about me. So then, uh, you know, went through middle school and high school. And like in the smart classes, I was one of the funny ones. And, mm-hmm. I, and I really enjoyed it um, because of the way my schedule worked out. I was able to watch a lot of Whose Line Is It Anyway, like the, the British version. Okay. Uh, when I got home from school and I was like, oh, man, improv is great. 
And that was kind of all I knew about it. Went to college. In fact, whose line is it anyway? The British version is called whose lift is it anyway? Yes, that's correct. Lift is British for the line. <laughs> not true. Um, you lying. You're lying. <laughs> so I went, went to college. Uh, Second City came. Sorry, whose flat is it anyway? Yes. <laughs> whose lorry is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. Whose boot is it anyway? Yes. Um, went to college and Second City, the, the Second City Touring Company came and did a show. I, I went to Bradley University. Did a show during my freshman year, and I was like, oh, that was that was so good. They had an amazing Pictionary sketch. They did some improv, and uh, I talked to them a little bit afterwards, but just a very little bit. And then next year, you know, Second City Tour Co. came around again, and it was a different group of people. And I actually got to, like, go out afterwards and, and hang out and talk with them. And uh, they said, you know, take improv classes. Take them in Chicago. If, if You know, do Second City or Improv Olympic. And uh, I ended up at Improv Olympic and took some classes and really enjoyed it tried to start an improv group at Bradley and just didn't follow through with it. Like I had a table at the activity fair at the beginning of the year and like didn't even sit at it. So, because I was like, I don't know how to teach improv. I've taken, I didn't know you tried to start an improv Yeah, and you didn't even sit at your table. Yeah. I, at that point I had had like eight classes and I'm like, yeah, I'm qualified to start a group. Uh, you know, they were like, you need an advisor. I'm like, I don't know any theater professors, like none. So, uh, so I I didn't, I didn't do anything with that. I took classes again the following summer uh, and then, you know, graduated college, took more classes, finished the classes. And they're like, all right, now we're going to put up on the website who made it from classes to like actual teams and will perform at Improv Olympic. And I was not on the list. Ooh. And I was really sad. I took another class. I retook level five mm. and I didn't get put on a team again. And like, you know, I found out on Halloween night and uh, I was working at Walgreens at the time. And our job Halloween night is to like work overnight and s- take down all the Halloween stuff and set up all the Christmas stuff for no reason so i found out at like 9 30 p.m and i had to be at work at 10 and i was like just crying all over the place i was 24 years old and uh went to work and like didn't talk to anyone for the first five hours i was there because it was just me and another guy working and we just worked in silence until 3 30 in the morning when he's like uh can i take a lunch and i was like yes of course uh so really kind of you know that drove me away from improv for a couple years uh, went on grad school interviews, and one of the questions was like, oh, what do you do in your free time? I said, improv comedy, because it sets me apart, makes me seem like I can think on my feet. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, nobody called my bluff about like, oh, like, are you good at it? Which I would not have been able to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing on job interviews. I, I got a job at UMass Dartmouth in 2006, and our women's center director uh, you know, has a theater degree and she said, Oh, there's an improv group in Newport that is having auditions. This was in July of 2007. She said, we should audition together. And I said, okay. Mm. And then she bailed on the audition the day of, and I went and, uh, was like, okay, that year of experience in Chicago, like let's call it four years previous paid off. Um, you know, I, I kind of knew a little bit, we were doing short form improv instead of long form improv. I had a little more confidence in myself as a person and uh, was able to translate that to the stage. Meanwhile, Mm. uh, Chuck is growing up here in Rhode Island. True. Uh, Funny one, class clown, cut up. Uh, Like in high school. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. There was like voting for class clown in my high school as seniors. I lost to Kevin Silva. Ugh. The bassist of Senior Discount, my band. The original bassist. Right. Long, long dead to, to, to my heart. Yes. And uh, that really pissed me off. And, you know, I still stand by the fact that if they had taken the voting at the end of the year as opposed to the beginning of the year, oh, okay. I would have won. Nice. Uh, stupid, idiot, goddamn yearbook publishers are always like, 
the yearbook comes out in May. We have to have this thing finished in November. I'm like, you fucking idiots. Anyway, so. By, by, by the way, I was voted most likely to be president. Really? In my senior class, yeah. Dude. Our voting was in like April. Did they know what the presidential scene was going to look like in 2018 they and that's knew, why? They knew, what it looked like, <laughs> they knew what it looked like in 1996. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, we need someone who hates blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Try as a bone. <laughs> um, so. And this is what you can expect on Thursday, <laughs> June 21st. June 21st. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I was in high school. And I had a lot of fun. I ran across lunchroom tables and got in a lot of trouble and did a lot of things that, you know, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. But, uh, you know, right after high school, I I guess during high school, I was doing a lot of comedy videos, really short ones. The, there was a whole series called, uh, that started with The Day Everybody, The Day Everyone Fought, and there was The Night Everyone Fought, The Day Everyone Fought Again. There was a lot of stuff. And uh, just dumb, you know, when you're a kid where you have uh, your parents, like, uh, Super 8 camera I guess for people Who are as old as us Now it's just kids With cell phones Yeah um, But just making Home movies and stuff When it was way less Popular to do it Than it is now Because it was harder You know More expensive So I was doing that Went to high school And uh, right after high school Like right afterwards I wanted to start a band With my friends None of us played in- Well I shouldn't say None of us But me Myself And my drummer Christian My cousin Didn't play instruments So we just basically said, yeah, we're a band today. Then we went out and bought instruments. Then we practiced for like two years. And we practiced a lot. Um, you know, sometimes we practiced five days a week. And uh, after a while, we started playing. Playing a band called Senior Discount. We're like a punk band, but like mainstream punk rock like Green Day or Blink-182. And uh, things went really well pretty quickly. Um, and a lot of it was our personality, I think. I think we really take after bands like No Effects and Blink-182 in terms of having a funny persona on stage. And right away... We got into making like online videos to promote ourselves, and it's so common now. But this was actually pre like YouTube popularity because we started doing this in 2004, and YouTube didn't really get super popular. Well, super popular way way later. But their first tick of possible of popularity was like 2005, um, and we would just do these videos that would be like promoting our shows, promoting our albums. And as time went on, it was it was interesting because the band progressed. I went to film school. I went to school for film. And uh, the videos got more and more serious, where we would make them... They, at first, they were just quick little things we shot. Then eventually, we were using boom mics and lighting, and you know, we had multiple storylines. And at some point in time, let's call it 2008, is that what you think? When I saw you first? It was 2007. Was it 2007? Yeah, late 2007. Okay, so um, I saw Brad performing improv with my bassist at the time. And I was like, oh, this guy is so funny. And we had a reputation, like, for being fucking real obscene. Like, I had gotten arrested by that point in time for one of the things that we filmed. Um, we did a lot of big pranks. People were scared to spend time with us, like other bands. Like, we had this house actually close to where we are recording now. We're recording in my house from Warren, a couple streets down. At 20 years old, we had four of us in this house. And there were a lot of fights there. My head got put through a screen. But we were filming this stuff, all this stuff, and so we had this very raucous videos combined with this very raucous stage show. So we did have uh, a reputation of almost like, I think a lot of people were like, oh yeah, we should stay away from those guys. <laughs> like a little bit, a little bit. Not like we're going to hurt someone, but just like... You had a reputation. We're going right? to prank people. We're going to, you know, something wild might happen. You you're you're going to get pantsed. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. It's like hey, the jackass guys. Yeah. It's, it's it's the idea of the trepidation of hanging out with the jackass guys in the set of the jackass movies. That's how it would be. We even did a big movie called... Uh, Senior Dis- uh, it was called VBW Attack, the Senior Discount movie. Sold out a huge premiere in Promise Place Mall. 
um, by this time with like all of our biggest pranks and biggest stunts that we had ever done. And uh, I saw Brad on stage, and you could tell from the fucking the way his eyes look, his his, his forehead, his mouth, his slow moving nature that he's the opposite of that guy. Yes, he's the guy who's like, oh my god, you know, he's nervous about things. I am. And uh, I was like, we got to get this guy involved as like the the antithesis to senior discount because we obviously had this like fictionalized kind of uh, version of us in these videos. It's interesting because we had the prank and stunt videos, which were completely real and all that stuff. But then we also had um, videos that had like a storyline. that were obviously kind of fictionalized like Kirby enthusiasm Mm -hmm. with Larry David. And uh, I was like, Oh, let's bring Brad in. Talk to Brad right away. He was on board right away and got it. He came up with the idea of the Rhode Island League of Decency and how he would be the head of the League of Decency trying to shut us down and that was going to be the immediate... The straight man to, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to all your, your zany antics. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, right away we started doing that. And then after a little bit, um, I was like, man, I really want to update my band's website. And Brad had been doing a blog. I had been doing a blog. Brad had already brought up the idea of a podcast. I was like, let's just do a podcast every week. We'll put it on the senior discount site, and that way people who are in the area can come back and check out what we're doing, whether it's practices or, or shows coming up, whatever. They can come check it out because we'll be talking about whatever current thing. If we, if we say at the beginning of the episode, we give updates about Brad's improv group, we give updates about my band, then we talk about the new Halloween movie, whatever we want. And so we did. And that's kind of how this started. Yeah. Um, and that was 2009 Nine. in January. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because our first uh, episode was like our favorite things from 2008. So it's like, oh, Lost is such a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed, first yeah. of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So um, that, um, you know, we did the podcast and... Uh, and then the podcast, you know, led to the live podcasts and, right. you, know, uh, you know, us talking about like, all right, well, what else can we do with comedy? And so we're like, let's, oh, let's we, do stand up and then let's combine these things. And, and we continued with yeah. film production that whole time. Yeah. You know, I mean... We still do film production. We we did the most recent scripted films from us in December, so not long ago, like you know, seven months ago. That are some of my favorite ones we've ever done. And um, you know, now I work with the guys from uh, Comic Book Men and Practical Jokers. They have a podcast called Tell Them Steve Dave. I just released a new video with them, what two weeks ago, called Elephants in the Room, which is right. a game show that was shot in uh, Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash that I've been working on in secret for nine months. Um, but that came from us filming our live podcast with like a multi-camera crew and me directing it and editing it and uh, reaching out to them, me uh, directing uh, a live shoot at the Gramercy Theater in New York when they did their live show. Brad was one of the camera people. My girlfriend Gina was one of the camera people and doing that Blu-ray with them. And now I've continued to work with them. So we still do live, you know, we still do film comedy stuff. And now we're, we've kind of graduated to doing more live stuff as well in conjunction with the podcast. You know? Yeah. And that's a good uh, that's a good summary, right? Yeah, and there's a 15 minute summary is always nice and yes. nice and succinct. It's like, it's like the elevator pitch of yeah, of, yeah except doing? it's a very slow like the elevator broke down yeah, like, yeah, between yeah. floors. Right. Yeah, floor the, one the, to one ninety nine. The executive we're pitching it to is like trying <laughs> beyond the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to kind of circle back because you did talk about. I want to just pick apart a couple different things. Please, you, please mentioned, do. you mentioned the uh, the British Who's line. Yes. Uh, so favorite favorite uh, improv comedian on that show uh i don't what was his last name was it uh, there was was it tony there was a guy with with black hair it wasn't colin mockery it wasn't ryan styles uh i oh uh, there was the woman who, whose name may have been josie i don't yeah josie yeah, yeah uh to, in, in so my you, mind it's tony curve, but curveball you know, curveball yeah wasn't uh, expecting that no no because I, I i that's my that was kind of my first like 
I mean, I'd always like like funny movies, but like my first improv experience was yeah. watching, you know, some of those some of those Who's lines. Yeah, like you, you can always yeah. tell improv, but like when I, I could see that it become a career to do that, yeah. I was like, okay, th- this is great. And then obviously the Drew Carey American yes. version. Uh, I was, was so psyched when when uh, when that came around, and um, because it let more people see mm-hmm. improv. But then everyone expected me to do that kind of stuff. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, we do long form improv. We take one suggestion and do between 30 and 40 minutes worth of scenes. And that's, yeah. that's what I was going to say. You said, you said long form. Yeah. And I just clarify that for the listening audience. Yeah. It's not like, hey, we're going to do a, a five minute skit with yeah. like a suggestion. We're going to, we're going to, you know. You know, and, and at the Providence Improv Guild, where I, I currently perform we- weekly, we have long form shows Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then once a month, they'll do a short form night. Uh, usually on a Thursday, it's maybe I don't know if it's the last Thursday of the month or the second, whatever. Um, and they'll they'll get a group together called Newspaper Podcast, and it's kind of just all our veteran people. And it's like, hey, if you know if you're free and can do this, like here are the games we're playing tonight. Who's going to play what game? Okay, we're this is this is what we're doing. Um, and so you know, it is nice to do that short form stuff every once in a while. We did it with uh, there was a group um, uh, a group from India like the country India mm-hmm. called punch Tantra. And they were doing an American tour of their radical mime experience. That because, sounds... because mime doesn't need language. Mm-hmm. Wow. So they, they came to us and they did, I think they did a mime show like Friday night and then Saturday night. They're like, we want to, we want to do short form improv with you guys. And so, you know, there's a language barrier and also they don't do short form improv. And I'll say that that show was, was, uh, was a challenge. But like a fun challenge and there were like 150 people in the room seeing us, you know, do this stuff. And it was like fun and good and exciting. So, you know, it is nice to do that short form every once in a while. But, uh, you know, we do long form more than anything at, uh, at Pig Providence Improv Guild. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I just want to talk to you to mention uh, tell him Steve Dave. Yeah. Uh, years ago, uh, I ended up going to Red Bank, uh, mm-hmm. New Jersey for work and I swung by. Jay and Bob's secret stash, and mm-hmm. it was right after Comic Book Men started. Wow! So it's like you know, it was like probably like you know, third or fourth episode in, and I'm there. I'm there with a buddy of mine, a coworker, and we're looking around. And it's just like a typical comic book shop. So yeah, you know, right. Like, you know, but you see it. You know, it's it's kind of like reality versus expectation. Yeah. And you're like, you, you figure everybody's going to be like bringing in stuff to get it appraised. <laughs> like it's, it's totally empty. So I, I ended up going up, and, and Walt happened to be working in the counter. I said, Hey, man. Did you uh, did you ever happen like with the, with the show picking up? Uh, do you guys notice you get more people in here with like fans of the show, and or do you, do you see business changing? And he basically looked at me, and he looked around. And he says, "Do you fucking see anybody else here?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was that's like, "Walt for you, <laughs> touche, touche." Like and that's that's it was just a great experience. Like, oh, that's, that's so funny. funny. You know, I, I've met those guys a couple of times. I have another friend of mine who's actually pretty good friends with uh, Ming Chen. Yeah. Uh, she goes, she goes, she hangs out with them and, and whatnot. So she's, she's in LA right now. That's cool. Uh, but she's, yeah, she's really cool. Um, but yeah, like that, I just, when you said that and the, the tell him Steve, Dave, like that's, that's cool. And like the, the, the idea that you guys can kind of mesh from what you were doing mm-hmm. from, you know, the video standpoint and whatnot, and then kind of bringing in you from the comedy stand, like it just, it, it feels like, um, and I've, to be honest, I've only met you guys like 20 minutes ago, 25 yeah. minutes mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. But like just like the, the the back and forth, like the partnership, for lack of a better term, that you guys have. Like you said, it is the antithesis. You guys kind of yeah. balance each other out in, yeah. in a certain way. And I think that's really, really cool. So I'm very, I'm very, very excited to see what you guys do yeah. on Thursday, June 21st. Yeah, there so you go. Cool. That's what I like. We're gonna, yeah, I'm going to keep plugging. No, please do. It. It's, you great. know, it's, it's weird. You're like, oh, Brad comes from the comedy world. But like Chuck is 
so funny. Yeah. And he's so much faster than me. I don't think I'm faster than you. Because you always say this because I filter things like, is this going to hurt somebody's feelings? And I'm so <laughs> concerned about being liked that I'm like, I shouldn't say that. You know, it's funny. And he, Chuck has less. You know what? Filter. He does have that filter. And yeah. I think it works way less than mine. Yeah. Because you've gotten in trouble for like hurting people's feelings That's and upsetting true. people way more than I have. Uh, different, different, different feelings got upset. No, I don't think so. Yeah. In terms of like funny jokes that I've said. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Oh, I don't want to go into this. No, go into it. No. Uh, do it Do it with, uh, you know, fake names and fake uh, scenarios. Come on. Talk about it. Come on. At uh, at one of our live podcasts. Yeah. I don't we, remember this at all. Uh, we showed uh, just pornography. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, there's a contextual. I love the way you fucking said it. <laughs> you were trying to soften it and you decided to drop it. There's the contextual reason oh, that that's this not, was shown. Oh, you, you cannot. You are. Okay. We, we, we got to obviously talk about this a little bit now. Yes. All right. Here's the deal. Do we have to or do we want to just leave it and leave it? No, no, no. no. We're okay. talking about this. So years ago, as a friendly prank, as everyone has done, I paid a porn star <laughs> to film a script that I wrote about Brad. To film two porn stars to have to film a pornography that I that I wrote. Yes, to film a pornography. Yeah, and, industry uh, term. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was like nine minutes long, and let's call it four and a half minutes of porn stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And four and a half minutes of like uh, jokes and and, yeah. and dialogue. And uh, that was a, that was a, just a little Christmas prank that I you know I thought it was funny. And uh, Brad didn't love it. Didn't take it the right way. Uh, didn't <laughs> take it the way yeah. it was intended. That's how communication works. <laughs> Well, there was, I should say, 11 of us were in on this. I was the one that wrote it, and I was the one that tracked down this young starlet, elderly starlet. There you go. And uh, it was funny, and then Brad didn't like it. We didn't talk for a couple days, two days. And then I said, come on, let's talk about this. Yeah, while we while we drove to a Best Buy, like... On a uh, snowstorm? Super far away to, like, return a Donkey Kong game or yeah, some yeah. weird thing like that. And so we're in this car, and we have to have the discussion because yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's no escaping it. There's no avoiding it. And we hash it out. And I think that th- this is my takeaway, and tell me if you agree with this. My first takeaway was this. However I feel, however Brad feels, this is over Brad's line, and we're just – this is not going to happen again. right? I'm not going to do another prank on him like this, regardless of whatever comes out of that conversation. You know what I mean? Even if yeah. Brad is like, oh, I understand. Maybe I took it the wrong way. So then we, then we talked. Then I told Brad that up front. We had this big talk. He explained that he took it a certain way that was making fun of him in this way that I think was not part of the intention. And he kind of realized that during it. And he had some like anti-porn feelings that we didn't know about that he's like, oh, didn't you know I felt this way? And we're like, no, I remember that. And so we're like, okay, it's buried for years. Then I said... It wasn't. It was buried for months (laughs) because for my birthday the next year, there was a big joke. (laughs) All right, all right. We're not going to get into this. So anyway, so... It was the actual the actual content of the video yeah. was buried for yes. years. We never we never you know we alluded to it right. in other things. We drew something where we alluded to the fact that you got mad at it. Yeah. But the actual film was buried. So then for our three hundredth episode, I was like, what if we brought the porn back? And I'm like, we tell the story on stage. I'm like, what if I censor it so that instead of showing you know triple X pornography, what I say, no genitals and no anuses. Right? Is that the rule we made up? We didn't make up a rule. We did. I mean, we made an agreement. And so I said, I'll block out, you know, with my editing software, I'll block it out. But I guess what I didn't realize, and I'm sure, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me, so don't pretend you weren't, is that like, even when you censor it, 
it's almost the same. It's almost like yeah. you didn't censor it. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, it, it, was still, it was still incredibly obscene. Don't you, don't you find that to be strange, though? That you yes. censor it and yes. it's still like... I agree. It was weird. So, because if you watch... It's weird. I guess if you watch like a rated R movie on TV, and let's say there's a picture, there's a girl and she's topless, and but they crop in and so you don't see like her nipples... It does feel different. It does feel like way less rated R. Right. But with porn, when you do that, it's it's not. It, for some reason, it doesn't have the same effect. It doesn't censor it as much. So we did it live. We showed this censored porn. No genitals. No anuses. I, I blocked it out. Kept my my agreement a hundred percent. Good. Um, and uh, people were upset. However, we advertised it as we were showing an eighteen plus video for fucking. Four weeks before this, everywhere on the flyer, eighteen plus video at the end, all all these different things everywhere, and then people saw it and they weren't psyched about it. However, I think we were as clear as possible about what was going to be shown. I, I I tend to agree, but I got the <laughs> negative feedback. I know, and Chuck did not. I will I will say, and this is not I'm not attacking you, right? I think that you might have actually. Like I put it this way, if I go to a, a like a random scumbag that lives down the street, yeah. in a homeless fucking box, I don't know, he's scruffy, and I'm like, hey, come to this show, it's gonna be nuts. And you go, <laughs> and you go to like, like a porn survivors group, and you're like, hey, come to our show. Like I think that you did something wrong, and I didn't. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, I I mean I think you're like <laughs> fictionalizing the situation. <laughs> well, I mean I think that I think that I think that you told people that you knew would be upset about it <laughs> to come directly. <laughs> but I didn't tell those people. You know, I also didn't see the censored version and didn't realize how obscene it would be. <laughs> it's funny because, like, that's kind of how I feel, too. Because, like, what I really did was, like, I took the porn and, you know, I put up these big black boxes. And when I went to go censor it, it was, like, too difficult to really censor. So I was like, you know what? Instead of having these black boxes over the genitals and anuses, I'm just going to have a huge black box over, like, this whole part of the screen. I'm like, that'll make it even less offensive. There's even less, you know what I mean? It's like even more of them was, it was honestly almost like these people were covered, like, from the waist down for the entire thing. It, was, right. it wasn't, it was like, just, like, censored. It was, like, a huge thing that censored most of the screen. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just didn't, until we were dealing with it on stage for five minutes of the porn and, like, it's just the sounds and the slapping and the, the gut, you know, the whatever. Yeah. Like... I just didn't realize it was going to be so uh, offensive. Anyway, yes. to get through it, I don't think that counts the same as you. First of all, I think that me and you are at least equally responsible for the porn. I even think that you invited people directly that were the ones that were offended. Right. And I that, didn't. That would be the case if also people that you invited didn't talk to me about it. Or people that we, we like mutual yeah, friends yeah, of ours yeah, talking yeah. about. I, I think it was majority. The point is, I think the majority this. of it was people from your end. Yes. Okay. I, I agree. And and so so that's that's put aside. The other thing is, if I if we do this together and we're like we agree on this, no yeah. anuses, no genitals, yeah. we display it. Yeah. That's not the same as me or you making an individual comment to someone and that person being upset. Right. That, that's you. That, that's what you said. Okay. Sorry. The point is, <laughs> on Thursday, June twenty first. <laughs> There will be not, little to no porn. Now, some of my dinosaurs <laughs> may resemble genitals. <laughs> or anus. Or anus. some phallic. Yeah. When it comes to Dilophosaurus, anus. Phallic or yonic. Either yeah. one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I do think that you, in, in our history, 
have said things to people directly that upset them more than I have. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. It's so weird. What was the taco story? Oh, man, I don't know. There's a lot I, of them. I just I don't like know how this tacos. conversation evolved to which one was quicker, uh, has a quicker wit, and then it leads to a porn we had a fight before. over whose fault it was that people were upset by the porn we showed. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, so just to conclude, because I know this is not, it's not, the porn's not going to end up anywhere, so I have to tell this part of the story because it's so fucking funny. I was like, Brad, if you let me show the porn, this is the, this is what we did live. Let me show the point. I'll um, I'll do whatever you want as a response. And he's like, I want you to make an educational math video. And so what I did was I re-edited the porn to have like all these math questions tied into the actual stuff that happened. So as soon as we ended it showing it, we just showed it again. With the, the math. Guy. That was great. That was great. If the cleverness on that was. Like at a hundred, so we did that, which is amazing. So the yep. por- the porn prank in the first place, that may be one of the best pranks that anyone's ever done. Second, the build of the math video, poof, that's that's a, I want to kiss my fingers. Then you know to say like voila or whatever it is, yeah, bellissima. Then the end, the end of the fucking thing. This is amazing. So we had this big room at FEP, a lot of people in there, all these chairs, obviously, and uh, it was me and my buddy Lou, who's friends with us, yep. and uh, they, Brad. They did the math presentation. And I'm like, and so we showed, we, yeah, we just showed the porn video, we showed the math thing. And then I'm like, Brad, here's the final copy of the porn. It's this DVD. I'm going to give it to you and you're going to destroy it here on stage. Lou made this copy and you're going to get to finally destroy it. And Brad, and everyone's like clapping and Brad takes the DVD and he cracks it in half. And then Lou goes, and oh yeah, I was like, Brad, I, this is what happened. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mess up the story, but I go, yeah. Brad, reach under your chair, reach under his chair. And it was taped there. I was like, I had Lou burn this copy and tape it under your chair. You're going to break it. So he breaks it. And we're like, thank you, everybody. And Lou's like, hold on. He's like, you just wanted me to tape a copy of it under Brad's chair? And everyone slowly realizes it and reaches under their chair. And everyone had the DVD. Is that amazing? Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. It was, seriously, and we're like, oh, my God. We're like, all right, see you guys later. And we ran off stage, <laughs> yeah. and we're wearing lab coats because <laughs> of the math thing. <laughs> so weird. So the, the, the footage of people's gasps and you on stage all upset is so fucking funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. The footage, it's, it's I got to say, I, I don't know, with those three levels of pranking, I don't know if anything has ever come close to that live in terms of a live prank. That was great. You know? Um, oh man, that was that was a great ending. But you could take that and you could apply it to something else. Right. We got we got we got to keep that in our head. Do yes. it again somehow. Man, you want to hear another live prank we did? I well, we can because <laughs> what I was going to go into is I was going to go into what what was your favorite or like of all the different shows you've done, mm. what has been your favorite bit or or how about this? We had a bit that we thought was so good that we sent into the Impractical Jokers and they invited us to submit to write for their current season. How about that? Yeah, let's let's, let's talk right. about that. So, all right. So, a couple, you know, we've done a, one of the pranks that um, <clears throat> I've invented is, uh, and I do feel I do feel like I invented this. Yeah. So people can, you know, I'm sure I, I, I will say this. I'm sure other people have done some version of this, but I really took this out of my own head. One of the things that I realized you could do is you can get anyone's address in the whole country, just random people, if you want, from white pages, and you can get different things made from like. Uh, staples like a Christmas card or whatever. So you could use those Christmas cards or whatever to to send to people that you know, or you could make a Christmas card of say your friend Brad holding up a Christmas cookie. It says Merry Christmas, Brad, and send that Christmas card to pe- random people across the country with specific messages. 
um, that are sometimes alarming, <laughs> sometimes yeah. disturbing. And uh, so for Christmas one year, I did that, and I took uh, 100 random addresses, and they got Christmas cards from Brad. You know, with example, a letter that says, like, let's say we found a guy named uh, Dave, I was going to say Dave Thomas, but that's the founder of Wendy's. That's okay. May, that's may, okay. he, may he rest in peace. Dave Thomas in Kentucky, let's say. And he got a postcard from Brad that says, Dear Dave, so glad I finally found your address. I'm shipping the cat. It'll be there tomorrow. Remember, it needs the medicine at its right time. I'm so glad you're taking on this huge responsibility. And no return address, but email address right back. So I've done this prank, a couple different versions. Um, and what you do is we have the postcards you wrote, which are funny. Then you have the postcards you wrote that then got responses in an email. And then you have an email back and forth with the person. And you press it further, and that's funny. But the best one we ever did to date is uh, we had our old buddy Maxud. Eric Maxud was the lead singer, lead uh, guitarist of Senior Discount. Um, ugh, don't make me puke. And uh, <laughs> and we always made fun of this fictional grandmother that he had named Noni Maxud. He made her up. He really has a grandmother named Nana Maxud. And the idea was Nana Maxud was very nice and grandmotherly. And Noni Maxud was like a dirty old racist slut. Yeah, it was uh, like Goofus and Gallon. Exactly, except, like Goofus and Gallon. You know. Both both sides, both grandmas. Be like, yeah, yeah, Nana, yeah. Nana Maxud. What, what yeah. is one of the roast jokes uh, you wrote? Um, Nana Maxud gives 10% of her income to the church. <laughs> Noni Maxud gives 10% of her income to church, her new Bedford pimp. <laughs> right? That's so, fantastic. Right? That's fantastic. So, so we always made fun of this character, Noni Maxud, that is completely fictional. So one day... By the way, he got super angry with us yeah, every time it. we did. Even he though even though we acknowledged Noni is fictional, there is yeah. no Noni Maxud. There's no Noni. It's not a joke. Yeah. So... I made these fake funeral invitations for Noni Maxud's funeral. Got a hundred random addresses, as I do, and Brad and I and my girlfriend Gina wrote out these funeral invitations, and we sent them out across the country. Um, we actually addressed them to the Fox L Funeral Home, which was actually the Foxy Lady Strip Club in Providence. That was the address. <laughs> and uh, we were very careful. We said, hey, like it's a small service. You have to RSVP at this email address if you want to come so that we wouldn't run the risk of people actually trying to show up or anything. So we sent these out, um, and Maxud had no idea. So on stage at one of our shows, we called him up at one of our live podcasts, and we read them out, and he had no idea. And so he's dealing with all of it live. Topper. Start reading all the, the people that wrote back, um, you know, and the kind of pressing on the, uh, on the prank on those people and making it go further. Topper on that, one of his favorite bands is the band Bowling for Soup. Mm-hmm. Reached out to Bowling for Soup. Talked to Jared, the lead singer. I was like, listen, we're going to pretend that you got one of these and I'm going to dress it from Eric Maxud. And I wrote like, hey, you guys, you're my favorite band. Uh, if you come to my grandmother's funeral, I'll forget all about my stupid grandma, blah, blah, blah. He sent in a video of himself being like, listen, Eric, I got your message. I think this is totally fucked up. Me and all the guys looked you up on Facebook and you look like a douchebag. <laughs> And, he, and so Maxud is dealing with this live in front of an audience, seeing this screen of one of his heroes, like, berating him. He's like, this is fucked up, you know. And, 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 and uh, Jarrett keeps coming at him. It was so fucking funny. Like, you could, you could be, Maxud was basically a thermometer that was, like, rising the yeah. whole time with it, anger. It, it looked like a cartoon. It was so mad. Yeah, almost to the point of steam coming out yeah. of his Yes, okay. he was so mad. And finally, at the end, Jarrett's like, and I just want to let you know 
this was all a prank and I was in on this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we relieved the tension. But Maxud was mad. But when I watched the footage back and I was listening to the stuff that we wrote, I was like, man, this this level of, of uh, turning this prank into this thing and this, you know, the amount of cleverness that was that went into it. I was like, I think this is really good. Let's send this into the Impractical Jokers. I think it's really similar to like how they write. And uh, we made this pitch video. And it was like four and a half minutes of Brad and I explaining ourselves and four and a half minutes of this prank. We sent it in. We sent it in cold. We didn't know anybody. One of the main writers there is Casey Jost. He saw it. We never met him before. We didn't know him. And he's like, oh, this is super funny. I want to invite you guys to submit to write for this season. And we didn't get the job, but we're still in contact with the head writer, James McCarthy. We've become friends with Casey Jost. I just hung out with him in Providence last week from this situation. And we're going to work more with him. Um, and we're going to submit to write again this season. But that's that's kind of one of my favorite ones because I feel like it was like the most well-rounded, holy shit, live moment, which yeah. I think is what I'd like to create. I, I think one of my favorite segments was at the Christmas show. Uh, hold on, let's, 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 oh, let him, let's let him comment on sorry. it. No, 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 no. Uh, well, hold on, I'm going to put right. it in. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to go to no, yeah, I want to yeah. talk about the creativity aspect of that yeah. because that's that's absolutely brilliant. Like, <laughs> the, the way that you, you guys, your minds think, it's like when you said, I find like, you know, the, the addresses in the white pages kind of reminds me of when you were in school and you would tie a note to a balloon and you let it fly out. Yep. And then whoever sure. found it would write back to you. That's, you know, that's the kind of like the, the current version of doing that. And I think yeah. that's absolutely brilliant and the fact that you could turn that into like a, a prank or a, or a sketch is absolutely that's great thank that's, you that's thank fantastic. you I, we, I we, brilliant. and we like brad and me you know we, we basically split them down the middle and i think gina wrote 10 my girlfriend yeah. but we killed it just back and forth i was so proud of both of everything we came oh, up yeah. with it was, it was a lot of fun man coatsworth hamilton yeah. then first of all you look for the funniest names yeah. first of all so you wrote one to coatsworth hamilton what, yeah. which one was that uh, i think it was about being oh. southern right oh man it was so funny but uh, yeah, they were they were so funny. I'm so proud of them. One of my favorite ones was uh, I wrote to one guy. His name was Leonardo. <laughs> and I wrote Leo. I was like, and so the front is the the, the funeral adverta- uh, invitation for Noni Maxud. And I wrote Leo. It was the foot soldiers. I know it was. Shredder has returned from Raf. And then I waited a few days. And then I wrote him another one. And it said, "Tonight I dine on Noni soup." And it said, "From Shredder." Wait a minute. Topper that only I think is funny. <laughs> Wait a few days, said another one. It says, bzz, bzz, from Baxter Stockman. <laughs> Remember me? I was the fly one. <laughs> that was so, and like, I know that guy doesn't get it, but that's so oh, funny. That's fantastic. Right? And it's, what's great is like, even if that person doesn't get it, that joke now being displayed in front of an audience, they get so much enjoyment out of that. Even if that guy got it and was like, oh, what are these? Whatever. Someone loves that. Someone gets to see that, and the idea that that prank is out there is just so funny. Yeah, are you, are you pulling I, up I'm, one or two? I'm scrolling through. Yeah, yeah. Coatsworth Hamilton was one of the best. There was actually a guy who. Here we go. Uh, to Coatsworth Hamilton, Noni said she's going to quote haunt the shit out of you until you admit you think Limp Biscuit had some good songs. You know how she gets. I think her last words were, "I did it all for the nookie." No joke. I had hoped she'd tell me she'd loved me. <laughs> Final one, I'll oh, tell you. It's fantastic. This, this is one of my favorite ones. Oh God, did I just lose it? No, I'm gonna get. It. I'm gonna get back somehow. You need to play the Jeopardy theme right now. Yeah, um, man. What was it? Oh, well, while you're thinking of that, I'll, I'll yes. turn to you. Like, yeah. how do, so now, do you guys bounce like these these notes off each other, or do you just trust, no, we, trust each other and we, just like, hey? Because- I think with this, it's just the volume is so high since we're writing a hundred that you can fuck up. Yeah. If we're doing like a live show and we're like. Oh, we're going to be on stage for five minutes and we have to get this across in five minutes. Then we sit down and we hammer it out. Oh, yeah. We shave out lines. We make everything count. But if we're writing 100 postcards, 
It's kind of like, yeah, let your freak flag fly. Yeah. That's how I think of it. Man, what was the... Damn, I had I, I had such a good one I was going to read. I was going to think of. Coach Worth Hamilton. Oh, yeah, okay, here's what it was. So we make a fake email address to be tied to this, which was nonifuneralrcp.com. We sent one out to some kid, right? And there's no information on it. There's no return address. He wrote back, and he was like, hey, that's really interesting. I was thinking about going to Providence to see my favorite band, Senior Discount, really soon. And so he was like letting us know he was, he was that kind he of, figured it out. He knew who it was coming from. Yes. And I was like, and his name was Tyler Frankenstein. Yeah. And I wrote him back and I was like, how the fuck did you, like, how could you possibly have figured this out? Part of, part of your response to one of Tyler's responses was, Noni did have a final request for you. She said that if you called your work and said, I quit and then not go in for a week, that would be super funny. You know how she loved pulling boners, AKA jokes. AKA <laughs> jokes. Um, I was like, how did you figure us out, you know? And he said, if you explain to me why you sent me this postcard, then I will tell you how I unlocked the mystery of Noni. And uh, he went through this whole thing where he found out where our Gmail address was from, and he put together Providence, and he started searching for the email address that was connected to the Noni one, and he found some sort of thing. But it was cr- it was such a cool thing, you know, on top of the, the pranking. I'm sorry. That's, so what- <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so great. funny. So funny. And you were talking about your favorite. Yes. At, at the Christmas show, yes. uh, and this was, was more about us writing, mm. uh, we, we wanted to have our pal Ray Harrington, the living fish fillet, uh, on stage with us, and uh, we decided to do a retelling of the Christmas Carol, which, oh, Chuck, yeah, this which is amazing. Chuck has wanted to do for years, and I'm like, Chuck, it won't work. And in this, in this case, a retelling for this, because we're using yeah. the same terminology for right. the Jurassic Park thing, in this, it was really the same thing as like, a Muppets Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol. We just take the classic story and we just put our own spin on it, rewrite the mm-hmm. whole story. So in other words, we walked into this. Right. We had a Christmas show planned. No one knew what it meant. And so let's say it's probably 9.10. We know the show's going to end around 9.30. We go on stage for the final segment. And I'm just setting the stage for this. Thank you. No one knows what our final segment's going to be. Could it be a prank? Could it be like whatever? You know, that's what we do normally live. And this is what happened. And, all right. So we called Ray up. And, and we Ray said, had no idea. Ray had no idea right. what we are doing. So, uh, you know, we're like, we've, we've rewritten Charles Dickens' classic, A Christmas Carol, through our own eyes, and playing the part of all the ghosts will be Ray Harrington. And we just handed him a script. We handed him a script, <laughs> and we're like, all right. Uh, and so, you know, Chuck was the narrator, and Cratchit, I was Scrooge, Ray was all the ghosts. And, uh, you know, Ghost and of Christmas did... Past was like a 90s ghost. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't remember the Ghost of Christmas. And then the Ghost but... of Christmas Future was Ray Harrington, like <laughs> plugging his own, uh, like, albums. And <laughs> yeah. So we, did, we just did the whole play of A Christmas Carol on stage. And Ray had no idea. He's probably, like, the top comedian in the area. Like, he's widely respected by the other comedians. And uh... <laughs> we're like, put on this LL Cool J hat. And so we just we just did the play in front of the thing. He had no idea. And, first, and he killed it. And, like... Oh, yeah, he was the awesome. I, the idea of taking a prank, quote-unquote, but making it so good-natured and so worthwhile in a fun way, I think the audience was just like, this is so cool and funny. It's such a funny way to kind of play a little joke on this person and then do our, you know, and then we're just, even if we hadn't had the prank on Ray as part of it, our retelling of A Christmas Carol Live was just funny. Yeah, I, I, really I think, I think it. it really let us show off our writing chops. Yeah. Um and uh, and that felt really good to to do, and that was one that we really worked on that one oh, over yeah. and over. Like 
past the point of exhaustion where I was like, it was easier for Charles Dickens to write the original <laughs> story by candlelight than for us to rewrite it and put in our own jokes. Oh my God, that, that was so fun. That was going to be something I was going to say too because like when you get to it, as far as writing goes, when you get to that point and you get to see your words that you've thought up or that yeah. you've written down and you, you those ideas kind of like come to fruition and yeah. play out, like that, that's going to be probably one of the like best feelings in the world especially if, like with if it's getting laughs and oh, it's yeah. landing like you intended it to or even better than you did it's got to be kind of very very rewarding uh for you guys oh it feels great oh i loved it i mean that's when we do these live shows like we put a lot of effort into them um to the point where some people have said that we are putting too much effort into them like with the christmas show and the halloween show we essentially did four segments for each one that are between 15 and 20 minutes each and that's a lot of comedy to produce for a specific thing so Ray Harrington, who really is like one of the most accomplished comedians in the area, has been like, you know, you guys shouldn't be putting all that into one show. You should be doing a headlining act and maybe do an opening bit that's a little bit smaller. And so that's what we're doing with our with our with our Jurassic Park show on Thursday, June twenty first. That's right. Um, but uh, you know, for our Christmas show, yeah, it was just like four bits, and and it, and it is the best thing ever. And I, it's funny because it's one of those things where it's like, I wish we could just do a couple shows. That I wish we could do Providence, Boston. Hartford, New York, and, and with all that stuff, if we can get a good, you know, a good crowd in for those places, because I think that the shows are worth it. We hope that, like, when we write this, like the Christmas Carol thing, that, like, you know, we'll be able to display it another place someday, or maybe even do it to somebody else, you know, and use the same script. But yeah, I, I mean, that was so fun. Like, the idea of, of writing that, rewriting that play, and then just doing it live in front of all those people with the scripts was crazy fun. That was awesome. That's a highlight for me too. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, before we kind of uh, wrap up here, because we're about fifty minutes in, I want to uh, just kind of pick both your brains. Like, where do you, you know, perfect scenario? Where do you see you guys moving? I mean, obviously, you're talking about you working with you know impractical jokers. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're forging those those different relationships, those working relationships. Where do you guys want to see your talents go? How do you want? How do you want your careers to grow from this? Where do you see yourself going? I, I think both of us have talked about the idea of doing comedy for a living. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we both have day jobs right now. And uh, to be able to get to a point where we can financially support ourselves just with comedy. And I realize, like, it's a competitive field. I, I get that. But, you know, that's that's where I'd love to end up. Uh, you know, I would say I, I just want to entertain people, whether that's through comedy or through writing or, or whatever. Um, but to be able to do that full time would be, you know, the you know the goal for me yeah i think that basically it's if we could get some sort of stability writing comedy like like let's say it would be writing for like impractical jokers that would give you us a little bit more leeway in terms of doing live podcasts or live comedy shows or whatever we whatever version of that kind of stuff we come up with and being able to do that in bigger places and being able to do that in conjunction with other people that are also doing similar stuff and not having everything just kind of on our backs because right now if we want to do something like that it's going to be us headlining, us pulling in everybody, us really having to work for it. And I'd love if someone trusted us enough that was like well like established would put us on shows to say, "Hey, you guys, you know, you guys think that you guys do some funny shit, right? Here here's a here's a crowd, let's see what happens and be able to bring all these different types of uh really alternative comedy to the stage in that way. And and obviously I'd love to write. Like if if there was some opportunity where we got to write a movie or write a TV series, like, you know, we'd love to go down that path too. We have a lot of ideas. One of them is called Time Crimers. Trademark Chuck and Brad. Yep. <laughs> All right, you heard it here. Let's try. <laughs> yeah. We're locking that in. And yep. that's, that's copyright. And yep. don't try to rip off that idea. Nope. Yeah. Time Crimers. Ours. Pending. Yep. That's right. 
Well, excellent. Uh, so let's let's plug your stuff one more time. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about your, your website. Let's talk about your show. Let's talk about Thursday, June 21st. So, yeah. so Thursday, June 21st, Chuck and Brad will be headlining the Comedy Connection in East Providence with our own reimagining of Jurassic Park. We're going to open the show and do some fun stuff up front. Then we have Andrew Williams, Penny Oswin, Rob Green, and Ray Harrington um, doing stand-up. And then we're going to close the show with our big reimagining of Jurassic Park, which you're, you're sure to love. If you like Jurassic Park, classic cinema, comedy, experimental live shows, come out Thursday, June 21st, the Comedy Connection for uh, Chuck and Brad reimagined Jurassic Park. You can check out our podcast weekly at chuckandbradpodcast.com. And all the information for the event is also at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Along with a handy search feature if you're like, oh, I wonder what they thought about the original Jurassic World. You can search Jurassic World and yeah. find the episode where we uh, talk about it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the episodes that yeah, we Yeah, the many about. episodes where we talked about uh, it. Social media, Chuck is at Discount Chuck. I am at Brad Rohr. That's B-R-A-D-R-O-H-R-E-R on both Twitter and Instagram. And yep. Uh, Podcast is on Facebook, Facebook.com. It's Facebook. We're getting all the way to the end. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I normally check does the Facebook one. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Chuck and Brad Podcast. Oh, it's not Facebook.com. Not can. That's in Canada. It's yeah. .ca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I want to thank you guys for being on this episode. Hey, man. Thank uh, you. I, you know what? I'm going to be buying tickets. So we're yeah. Gonna, yeah, I'd love to have you there, We're going to go uh, check this out. Um, Again, it's been an absolute pleasure. You guys were hilarious. Thank, thank you. you. Thank uh, you. Like, I wish nothing but the best for you. Like, I, I just from these stories, I know that both of you guys, with your talent and your creativity, you nowhere to go but up, and your stars will continue to rise. And That's thank awesome, you. and thank it's you. It's fantastic. And uh, yeah, go check them out uh, Thursday, June twenty first. There you go. Thanks, thank buddy. you guys for being on. Thanks thank for you for having us. us. Appreciate it. Thanks. You're still here. It's over. Go home.